Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Yes, hello, and welcome back. Welcome. No, we should say welcome back because this is part two of the basics of weight loss. Mm. So if you are just joining us for the first time, stop what you're doing and go and listen to to part one because this will not make nearly as much sense unless you've listened to part one. Well, we do the bulk of the setup in part one, in part one. which we're just going to basically or briefly touch on now, yes. but not really dive into and repeat ourselves again. So yeah, the basics of weight loss, part two, just as a, a bit of a recap uh, episode or part one was about exercise and training. So as the recap goes here, like you may... You may think to yourself, yep, the basics will revolve around calorie counting, macros, and when should I be fasting, and when should I cut my carbs, and yep, none of that bullshit. Mm-hmm. We do say, Courtney, one size does not fit all. Yes. We can agree on that. Yes. But the true basics are universal, and they're timeless, and they're holistic, but they will look different in, in subtle ways from person to person. The person shouldn't have to fit the plan. The plan should have to fit the person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably worth mentioning as well, when it comes to the basics, these are what we coach all of our clients towards. Every single time. Yes. As I said, how they look will differ from person to person, but the concepts are the same. And should also mention here, Courtney, there's no time frame on how long it should take to establish these basics. Mm. There shouldn't be pressure to get it done. I've got a a week to do this or a month to do this or a year to do this. Like you've got as long as you need. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be a continuous process. It is a continuous process and one that will evolve over time because when someone sets the basics up to begin with, I guarantee you, if they stick with them, they will look different, a lot different, 12 months down the track, two years down the track, five years, 10 years down the track. Mm. Yeah? Yes. So let's dive in. Courtney, what is the second basic of weight loss? Meal planning and preparation. Indeed. Mm. Food. Yes. So let's, let's start with a fact, a cold, hard fact. Our food choices reflect proximity. If it is nearby and it's easy to get to, you will what? Eat it. Yeah, you'll eat it. So we did an episode a little while ago, Courtney, a couple of seasons ago about the rule of proximity. Yes. The rule of proximity exists for a reason. It is. It currently holds a lifetime undefeated record. Yes. And we'll probably continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Uh, we won't get too much further into the rule of proximity. Just go find our previous episode on it and have a listen it's hey just ask us it's good stuff yes yeah so the fact is food choices reflect proximity also a fact yes 
making good choices daily is pretty damn important when it comes to a weight loss goal. Mm. <laughs> we, can, we can agree on that, yeah? Yes. Yet more important than that is actually starting this whole process by creating an environment where better choices will be consistently available when you need them. That's how, in a brief nutshell, you make the rule of proximity work in your favor. You create an environment where you can make better choices more consistently. Mm. Okay? So, yeah, dive into that episode. It's really good. Now, common mistakes that we see, Courtney, with people around meal planning and preparation with the things that they focus on before they look at the actual basics. So we, we look at it as micro versus macro. Mm-hmm. So the macro, the big picture view is, hey, we need to develop basic fundamental skills of planning and preparing our own food consistently. Yet. Now often, a question's asked like, oh, you think I'm having too much milk in my coffee? Yeah, I love that one. Because I've thought it back in the early days. That would have definitely been one that I would have done. Um, there's another one that's very common. Um, am I having too many carbs or not enough carbs? Usually in the beginning, it's too many carbs. Should I cut them? Yes. Should I cut my carbs, Courtney? Mm-hmm. Or a question like, oh, am I allowed to go out and have dinner? Can I go out and hang out with my friends? Can I, can I still eat out on your plan? Mm. Yes. Uh, can I have ice cream, which is a good one, or other just treats or or desserts in general? Am I allowed to do that? Mm. Oh, do, do I have to give up this, that, or the other? Do I have to give up, you know, my my favorite burger mm. or my favorite chocolate? What supplement should I take? <laughs> that is such a common one. Like, hey. What supplements do you guys recommend for uh, just for, for pre-workouts? Okay. Um, how good are you at meal prep? Um, what's that? I haven't started yet. So oh, okay. Very often, very often I'll see people that will ask questions about supplements, yet they're still spending hundreds of dollars a week on junk food, chocolate, alcohol, etc. Mm. Like, mate, supplements, like get that shit out of here. Yeah. Also questions like mi- micro-focus questions like, well, Exactly how much protein should I be having? What about carbs? Like what what ratio should I be aiming for? Okay, do you meal prep? No. Great. Yeah, the other one I, I tend to find comes up a lot is how many how many meals should I be having? Mmm. Mmm. Hey, it's day two of my program. How much should I be eating? Mm. And then which is often followed by, oh, do, you, do you think I'm overeating? Mm. Do you think I'm eating too much? Except all these, all these questions and scenarios often come up before someone has even developed a regular weekly habit of preparing their own meals consistently. Yeah. It's putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. Yeah, it's focusing on these little like 1% of questions mm. when we haven't even looked at the whole the process. 90, the 95% yeah. stuff, which is what this basic is all about. So what we're going to do is we're going to run through this similar format to what the great format that you created, Courtney, in our in our part one about creating, executing, and assessing. So how to actually take this concept and turn it into something doable. Mm. 
Because, hey, it's one thing to talk. It's another thing for us to actually help. Yes. Yeah? So we'll start with the first, the first part of creating this basic. And it starts with the environment for success. Something I like to say to people is, it's time for you to reintroduce yourself to your kitchen. Yes. Not, not what used to be the kitchen is now a storage bench. Your actual kitchen. So we call it creating the environment for success because that's actually where it starts, mm. is having the environment where you will, can create better choices to have on hand consistently. Yes. Now, we actually did an episode a little while ago, Courtney, a couple of years ago called Our Kitchen, where we, if you recall, we spoke about what we've got in our own kitchen, all the tools, the containers, yep. the, the organisation that we have, something we could recommend. Yes, we could. I'd say, listen to what we do and uh, develop your own, your own sort of setup from there. But when it comes to creating this environment, we have an official name for it with our clients and it's called the Kitchen Makeover. Let's give our kitchen a bit of a redo, a bit of a refresh. So how do we do this? Simply put, there are three steps. Step one, purge the fridge. Step two, pillage the pantry. Step three, and replace with tasty choices that align with your goals. That's the first part of creating this. The second part, though, revolves around replacing with those actual tasty choices. How do we actually do this? Yes. I mean, I think that goes into the next, the next create point, which is to establish a plan um, for what you want to eat over a certain time period. And there's no right or wrong there. No. And I think this is a really big one to point out mm. because I think a lot of people, they see, we, we see a lot of things that other people do. We get inspiration from other people, which is fantastic. But there's no right or wrong when it comes to how often you meal prep or uh, you cook your food. The only wrong is not doing it. From there, it's all, it's all different forms of right. So you might plan a you know, to do your meal preparation or your cooking or your um, chopping, whatever. Yeah. You might plan to do that every day and that might work in with your life. Mm. For a lot of people, it doesn't, you know, to do that every day. Takes too much time, too much energy, more likely to miss doing that. But again, completely up to you. Some people do it every two days. Some people do it once a week. Some people do it once every two weeks and they freeze their meals mm. and store them and then they will work from there. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. It's about finding the way that's going to be right for you. And when I say it's going to be right for you, it's something that you can sustain. That's the most important thing, that you can sustain it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sustain doing meal preparation every day. I personally just wouldn't want to because I have no interest in being in the kitchen every day. However... That would work. I'm sure there's somebody listening that says, I do it every day and it's fine. Then stick with it. Great. Crack on. Yeah, There absolutely. is nothing wrong with it. Mm. We've had clients that meal prepped every two weeks and they were more than happy, a big you know, freezer. Big chest they were freezer. more than yeah. happy to divvy up their meals. They froze them. Great. They were happy as Larry. I, again, couldn't do that because I personally don't love to freeze my meals. Well, also, we can't. We, we haven't got the stories for we that. We don't have the stories, but even then, we have froze. I've frozen meals in the past, and I just don't. I just don't like to do it that way. That's it just fine. doesn't work for me. Mm. So, 
finding a way that does work for you and that is sustainable is the most important thing, not comparing yourself to somebody else who's doing it a different way. That is a, a scenario I see come up a bit with with our own clients. So for you listening, Courtney and I have a, a secret Facebook group. Like we have our regular Facebook group, The Weight Loss Podcast, which you should find at facebook.com if you haven't already. We have a secret Facebook group that is only for coaches and clients. No one knows it exists unless we, either you or me, invite them in there. Yes. An issue that comes up a bit in the group is that there's, and it's, it's a wonderful thing because it's a support network, mm. which we'll touch on the next next part of this series. But we need to have a support network. We need It's good to be able to see what others are doing that are on a, on a similar path and they're like-minded. However, there's... In, the, in our secret group, there are so many different levels of experience with clients. So there's clients in there that have just been in there for the last month mm. and they're brand spanking new. Then there's clients who have been in there for three years. A dangerous thing can be if, a, if a, a newbie client goes in and doesn't understand the context. So they'll see a client putting up their food prep photos and it's like, holy shit. They're preparing for the entire week and their bench is just decorated in pre-packed meal containers and they've made up six different recipes for themselves and oh my god how they do all that and how they do it all so quickly oh do i need to do that right now no 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 as courtney touched on so well there is no right or wrong way to do this apart from not doing it and it will look different from person to person which is why i said at the start of this episode you don't fit the person to the plan, you fit the plan to the person. Yes. So whether it's prepping for one day or two days or the entire week or two weeks, whatever works for you. And as Courtney said so well, the lens of sustainability yeah. comes over this. If you are, if you have a method of preparing and planning where you know, hey, I can sustain this, then don't change. No, don't change at like, all. For, for reference, we do ours two times a week on average. Yes. Usually, usually midweek and, and weekend. Yes. It works for us. And it helps you in particular, Courtney, because you're a bit more of a fussy eater compared to myself. It gives you the ability to add that extra variety in. Yes. You know? Yes. So it, and it works. So we yeah. don't go away from that. No. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think you summed that up really well. The final create here, the part of create, is to create a plan of attack for your grocery shopping. So this would include a shopping list, which would be the obvious thing you would think of was, oh, yeah, you mean making a shopping list. Yes, we mean making a shopping list. Seems obvious. It absolutely has a point to it. The other thing, though... Well, it means you're not relying on memory. You're not relying on memory, absolutely. You are going to forget things. There's nothing more annoying and life-sucking than going to do all of your grocery shopping and then getting home and realising you forgot something and having to go back. It can happen from time to time oh. and it does bring about rage. There's a rage. There's mm. a rage that comes over me when that happens. So making sure you have a shopping list. It's also great for when you're in the supermarket because you're not then tempted just to buy things that you don't need. Mm-hmm. And this is how we get back to having to pillage and pu- like purge and pillage our fridge and our pantry because often it's filled with shit that we don't need because it was on sale or because we thought that we might have friends over so we bought bags of chips just in case or 
you know, this sort of stuff. If you stick to a shopping list and you buy just what is needed for the recipes that you've planned, mm. you are less likely to wander down aisles that you don't need to be going down. Well, there's, there's a difference, isn't there, between going, going to the supermarket with an actual plan of attack, knowing, okay, I'm here to get this list, versus wandering aisle to aisle and picking whatever grabs your fancy. Yes. Yes, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as well, though, the second part to this is not just planning your shopping list, but it's also planning where you're going. Yes. So I know for us, when we do our big shopping trip for, for the week, we would tend to go to a minimum of two different grocery stores or supermarkets. Mm-hmm. So we do that because we know and we've learned over time that we can get a better deal on certain grocery items by splitting it over these two different yeah. grocery store well, chains. Ultimately, it lowers our it lowers our grocery bill. Yeah, and and you know we're we're human like everyone else. Like we're chasing the bargains. Yeah, you know, like hey, we yes, we're investing in our health, and this whole thing's an investment. But it doesn't mean you want to just go throw money willy nilly. Like money saved is money earned. Yeah. So there's and the, and you know I, I know some people that will go to three or four different places in a week because they'll stock up on things that they can, you know, put in the freezer. They might mm. go to a, a wholesale I'll butcher. They might go to a fruit and veg market. They might go, you know, to a, a regular grocery store just to get their herbs and spices and whatnot. Well, so, I'm glad you mentioned that, Courtney. Before long before you and I met, um, my my personal uh, shopping attack used to be fruit and veg market, specialist butcher, supermarket. Mm. You know, so it was three different places. You know, so there's no right or wrong there as well. It's, it's as, as you said so well, like where are you going to go and where can you go to get the best deals? Yeah. And that'll come through experience as well, just just doing it and getting the reps in. Absolutely. And figuring it out for yourself. Absolutely. Because it, it'll look different from, from, from local area to local area. Yeah. You know, but, but it is absolutely worth your time investing that time into, hey, what are my options? Because you're not just, you're not usually just stuck Hang on, where you live, of course, but you, you're not normally just stuck with one place. No. Usually, there will be options. Look into those options. Look into the options. Because if you can do this and save some money, it's a pretty cool thing. We also live in 2022, so there's online options too. Indeed. Um, Indeed. So, just to recap, before we move on to the execute phase, let's recap the create phase here because yep. we spoke about three really important things to do here. So the first Matt pointed out was create the environment for success. The kitchen makeover. The kitchen makeover. Ensure that you have all of the shit out of your fridge and your pantry. You, if you're not going to eat it, get rid of it. Because remember, we're talking about rule of proximity here as well. Yeah, you'd also add to that as far as that environment goes and the purging and the pillaging. Like, What tools do you have? I was just about to mention that as well. Mm. I think it's a great point. Do you have – are you used to cooking – you know, I when I first started, I wasn't. Mm. I didn't cook. So do you have things like a good chopping board, good chopping knives? Sharp knives. A knife sharpener, as we use a lot with ours. What sort of, re- what sort of recipes do you want to cook? Because, you know, if you want time-saving style recipes, maybe you should invest in a slow cooker. Mm. You know, um, do you have a fry pan? Do you have these sort of things that you can utilise? Um, these are the things that you should be checking when you're doing your kitchen makeover, definitely, because that is the time. Do I have containers? Do I have containers? 
Mm. Do I have enough containers if I want to food prep for a week? Mm-hmm. Um, these are definitely the things that you need to look at. Would you Would you ask the question, do I have a thermo mix? I like my thermo mix personally. Yes, you do. But they're not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second um, part of CREATE that we talked about was establishing a plan of how often you're going to do your food prep. So this is, again... This is not about how how many times a day I want to eat. This is not about planning, you know, all of that. Because again, remember that's you're looking at it too smallly. We have to we have to go for the Big wider picture, picture here mm. and think just generally. When am I going to cook? It seems very. Remember, this is the basics. We want to be well, watching out. Here's a, um, when am I going to cook? When am I going to shop? How often am I going to do that? Here's an easy way to look at this when it comes to planning out what you'd like to eat over a set period of time. How many times a day on average do you eat right now? Mm. Multiply that by seven, that's how much you've got to plan for. Yeah. So if you eat, say for example right now, if you eat three times a day, cool, three times seven is 21, I've got to make sure I'm ready for 21 meals. Yes. And then break it up into the whole seven days. Two days at a time. Two, t- two times a week, three times a week, whatever works. But it's easy enough to work out your target. Yes. So this is what we're saying is we're focusing on the basics here. We're not yes. jumping straight to, hey, you've got to eat X amount a day. No. If you're not got a structure of planning and preparing your meals, then it doesn't matter if you're eating six times a day or once a day because you're not going to do it consistently anyway. Mm-hmm. So You've got to establish that baseline. You've got to you? establish the base of actually preparing to when when are you going to prepare your food, basically. And to cover what you're currently doing. Yes, mm. yes. And then the final part of the create phase, which we just spoke about, which was attacking the grocery shop. So there are some people out there that love to grocery shop. I would say more often than not. I'm not one of them. Everybody hates it. Mm. It is just a necessity, but it's not exactly a fun job to do. It's a necessary evil, yeah. So planning ahead of time, making sure that you know what you're going there to get, Having a, having a shopping list based off what you're going to be preparing. Not just a shopping list at the time off the top of your head like randomly like, oh, maybe I'll get this. No. Know what you're going to cook or prepare before you create your shopping list. Mm. Create your shopping list from that and make sure that you're looking ahead of where am I going to get these ingredients from and do I have to go to multiple places to get the best deals on this? Yep, that's fair. So, phase two, execute, Matt. All right. Well, the uh, the execute part is pretty simple. Just fucking do it. Yeah. Literally now, just do what we've just created. Yeah. So, you've, you've gone, you've created your plan. You've gone and bought your groceries. You've, you've you know, remodeled your kitchen or you've, you've done your purge and your pillage and your replace, etc. Now, it's time to just fucking do it. Like just just unpack, chop, prepare, cook, just go through it. Pro tip from Courtney and I, get your headphones on. Yes. Get something in your ears, something to distract you mentally because holy shit, it can be tedious. It's boring to us. It really is. I'm I'm not a lover of cooking. Matt isn't either. There's some people out there that might absolutely love this process, but... 
We aren't two of them. We're not two of them. And if you're like us, I can guarantee you having headphones in while you do it does make the experience a little bit more But it's also, it's also worth mentioning, like there are parts of a journey like this that aren't going to be fun. They can't all be fun and good times. And yay, I'm happy. There's some parts that are tedious and dull and fucking boring. And this happens to be one of them. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's as we said in the past, Courtney, we call this a cluster success. So just do it. But do it in a way that will at least help you pass the time. So I'll, I'll speak personally here. Headphones and podcasts, what inventions they are. We're going to give you an extra shout out if you're listening to us right now while you do oh, your shopping. If, you, if, if your headphones and podcasts <laughs> include us talking to you right now while you're doing your meal prep, like you are a star. Shout out to you. Yeah. Um, so that is basically the execute phase. I mean, we're just, just get it done. executing what we've just planned. Just get it done. No questions asked. And after that, we come to assess. This is where the questions get asked. <laughs> and now, now is where the questions get asked because it's like, okay, I've done it. Like, what can I now learn? What do I take away from this? Yes. So the first, the very first part of assessing is actually going to be this. Well, did I actually like what I made? Yeah. What do I think of the food I've prepared for myself? Like, what's a hit? What's a miss? Because, you know, it's funny because I think everyone, a lot of clients, I shouldn't say everyone, a lot of clients overlook this question because people just think, oh, well, why would I try something that I might not like? Well, that's the point. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. you might like it. And we try to always encourage our clients to expand their food horizons. Horizons. Mm. Often we get stuck into having a very limited amount of foods. Well, I mean, the, the average person won't make more than five different food choices a week. Like, no wonder they get so fucking bored Would. So, and, get, and get cravings. So it does happen. It hap- it's happened to us. We've made something and we've thought, yeah, I'll eat it, but I wouldn't make it again. Didn't love it. Or next time I would make it again, but I would Change add this, this yes. or remove that or yes. swap in this thing over here. So, yeah, step one of assess, did I like what I made? All right, if the answer is no, well, okay, maybe you might try something different next time or maybe you might alter what you did to see if you can improve it. The thing to keep in mind, this is a trial and error process. Not everything needs to be a hit first up and not everything will be a hit first up. But that's okay, that's how this works. That's how you get information on yourself. Okay, oh, I actually... I, that's better than I thought it would be. Yes. I didn't think I would like it so much. You've made a new staple for yourself, a new staple meal. Well done. Yes. High five. It's having that confidence and that more, more than confidence, the courage to take the risk. Like, I don't know about this, but I'm going to give it a crack. Absolutely. Because you also, something we should mention here, Courtney, your taste buds do evolve over time. Yeah. Especially when you stop eating so much. I found mine. As soon as I stopped eating so much processed foods, takeaway foods, so having so much, I mean, they're all full of sugar. Mm. So as soon as I lowered how much sugar I had, um, I definitely noticed my taste buds changed. I could handle different flavors. I appreciated different flavors. I definitely could handle more bitter flavors. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely noticed my chase, taste buds change. Well, no, for me, I, I still have cravings food cravings, but I now crave different types of vegetables. Yeah. Not chocolate or ice cream or pizza. Like my 
the, the food I disliked the most when I was younger was pumpkin. Now I can't get enough yeah. pumpkin. Yeah, I never liked many vegetables at all growing mm. up and now I eat a lot of them. I think the only vegetable I liked when I was a kid was like minted peas. Minted peas. <laughs> I, I eat a lot of vegetables now, way more than I did when I was younger. Yeah. I would say that I definitely would crave chocolate and, and ice cream, things like that sometimes, but I definitely would never, driving past, you know, like a takeaway, like KFC, McDonald's, these sort of places, mm. I, I never get the urge at all. I know. Pizza, n- none of this. It never gives me the urge to have to go and get it. For me, it's just a want. Like, you know what? I want some chocolate. Yeah. You know, but in terms of like, for me, a feeling, a craving is a different feeling versus, hey, you know what? I could handle some chocolate right now. Um, for me, a craving is like, I need to have this right now. Mm. And it's different vegetables. Yeah. So, yeah, things do change. So, yeah, we, we start by assessing, did I like what I made? The next part of assessing, well, you look at the time requirements. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you, when you are a beginner, when it comes to meal prep, you are not going to be efficient. It's going to take way more time than you think and way more time than you want. That's how it works. But also keep in mind, the part of how it works is through repetition. That's how you get better. Yes. That's how you become more efficient. That's how you will cut your big meal prep days down from what might be three, four, five, six hours down to two hours. Yes. Two and a half hours. You just get better by repetition. So just keep in mind, the way it works at the beginning is not how it's going to be a few months down the track if you stick with it. Yes, absolutely. And the final part of assessing is, did I make enough to cover my plan? Mm. So this this is really just assessing now how often you thought that you wanted to meal prep and did it work out that way? Yep. So if yes, obviously just carry on. Do it again, mate. So you yeah. plan to meal prep twice a week and you had enough food by the end of the week that it covered that. Great. The, the, the weekends are an easy assessment with people. We, you can tell when, when their meal preps hasn't lasted them long enough because you can see what they're eating Monday Monday to say Wednesday or Thursday is like, oh, you can see you've pre-prepared all this stuff. And then over the weekend, you can see the quick, easy, convenient snack snack sort of things come into play. And it's like, yeah, yeah. your prep hasn't covered you here. Yeah. So, I mean, that and that could be from a couple of different things. So, if, if that has happened, it could just be that, um, you know, there's some gaps that need to be filled. So, did I, did I, do I need to add an extra meal prep day? So... Did I am I not able to get through just on what I've designed, mm-hmm. or did I just miscalculate the amount of meals I was going to need? Yeah, it, it is. It usually, will be those, one of those two things. Do I need to do more when I do it, or do I need to add that second day? Yeah, is it unrealistic for me to add extra meals on the days I've already selected, mm-hmm. or add extra prep? Do I just add an extra day of prep that week? So there's a couple of different ways that you could look at, at assessing and. And then trialing adjusting, that, yeah. adjusting that. But again, it is just a trial and error thing as we spoke about. You're not going to get it right generally the very first time you do it. Even if you did get it right, it's going to evolve over time because you are going to gradually start to eat more, especially if you're someone who's only eating, you know, twice or three times a day. Well, as your metabolism increases, your, your, your appetite will go up, which by the way is a good thing. You will try, you will want to eat more often throughout mm. the day. 
to avoid the grazing on biscuits and whatnot. Yep. So this will evolve over time, but we're really just setting the foundation and the basics here for a habit that's going to carry you through. Mm. So these assessments are great and they're just going to keep happening where you're going to keep assessing and then adjusting. So uh, we'll recap those. So the recap on the create, sorry, on the execute is to just, just get it done. Yes. Just suck it up, get it done, and uh, yeah, away yeah. you go. And then the assessment phase. Do I like what I made? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what works and what doesn't, and the stuff that doesn't work, are there adjustments I can make next time that might make things a bit more appetizing for me? Yep. The, the, next, uh, the next assess is your time requirements. How long did it take? How much time right now do I need to set aside for this? And just take note over time of how that improves. And the final part of assess is, well, did I do enough and did I make enough to cover my plan? Mm. If I did, if the answer is yes, I did make enough, well, hey, do it again. Just yeah. repeat, do it again. If no, if the answer is no, okay, well, how will I fill those gaps? Will I add another day of preparing or will I stick with the day I've got, but will I prepare more at that time? Yes. There's more than one way to skin that cat. Yep. And that's that. So we'll, we'll wrap this one up, Courtney. Uh, just, just in closing with this, just want to sort of reiterate here, something we mentioned in our, our part one of this series, the basics work. They're there because they work. We follow them ourselves. We practice what we preach. And every single client that we've had, we do have or will have, we aim to get them to establish these basics before anything else. So it's the same thing if a client who's just started asks us, oh, hey, what supplements should I be taking? How much, how much creatine should I be taking? No, you should be meal prepping. Start there, bro. The basics of what you fall back on when life throws you inevitable curveballs. Because in life, what's going to happen, Courtney? Shit is going to happen. Yes. Shit happens in life. It's just the fucking way it works. There's no, as it turns out, no one gave me an instruction manual years ago on what it's like to be an adult. And as it turns out, adulting can be pretty fucking hard. And there's shit that just comes at you sometimes. Yeah. And if you have these basic fundamentals and skills and tools and habits in place, you can always fall back on these because they never let you down. Yes. And that's the thing here. What's the best way to get back on track? You just go back to the basics. We do. Yep. Don't we? Yes. Because the basics will take you 95%, at least 95% of where you need to go. You probably don't even need to do more than just get damn good at the basics. And that is that. Yep. Courtney, Facebook group. The Weight Loss Podcast. Where? On Facebook. You just said Facebook group. Come hang out with us in our Facebook group uh, with you. Yep. And me and other people just like us. And that's it for this one. So look forward to part three next week of the basics of weight loss. Wrap this up then. Hopefully this has been of some help. If not, well, hey, good luck with your life. (laughs) We will speak to you next week. Bye. 
Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 